This year during National Health Center Week, we are highlighting all of the incredible ways health centers are innovators in community health. Whether it's through developing new strategies to cultivate and sustain the primary care workforce, or developing lasting partnerships to address social determinants of health, health centers are reaching beyond the walls of conventional medicine to address the needs of their communities. I'm Alex Harris. I work in the Grassroots Advocacy Department at NAC, and today we're focusing on innovations in health center enabling services. Services like transportation, interpretation, case management, and countless other services health centers have created in direct response to the unique needs they find in their communities. I'm really excited today to talk to Dave Faldmo. He is the Quality Director at Siouxland Community Health Center in Sioux City, Iowa. He's also a practicing PA and he sees patients regularly. Dave is going to talk to us about how their health center is using data on social determinants of health to learn more about the health needs of their community and how they are working to address some of those health needs through enabling services. So welcome, Dave. Thank you so much for, for taking the time today to chat with us a little bit about what you guys are doing at Siouxland Community Health Center and your participation with NACS Repair Project and um, really trying to collect more data on social determinants of health and then create the enabling services that are really necessary to address some of those social determinants. Um, but I thought we'd begin a little bit if you could just tell us about yourself and sort of how you ended up at the Siouxland Community Health Center and then, of course, your role there now. Sure. So I graduated from the PA program at University of Iowa in 1992 and found a job in Sioux City, Iowa. And my first employer contracted me out to this New Start Health Center, the Siouxland Community Health Center. So I was just working there a few half days a week. And then I found out that it was a loan repayment site and my employer said, you need to take advantage of that, go ahead, and if you want, you can go work full-time at the health center and then come back to us after you're done with your commitment there. So I, that's what I did, and I finished my commitment, went back to my previous employer, but then really missed the health center and the mission and the things that we were doing there, and, and eventually came back full-time. So I've been either full-time or part-time at the Siouxland Community Health Center for over 20 years now. It's just been a great experience. Now I am I'm working as the quality director and medical director. We have a chief medical officer that I report to, Dr. Piplani, and, and we have a great relationship and we have great administration that's really um, cognizant of the things that we need to do for our patient, uh, including um, looking at social determinants of health and how we can help patients overcome those to keep them healthy. Sounds great, and, and it's great to hear sort of how you've you know been with Siouxland Community Health Center you know, from almost the beginning and, and really um, been able to grow in your career there. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the community that, that you serve at Siouxland and, and what some of the biggest needs are or, or the biggest barriers to healthcare that you've experienced in your time there? Sure. We are a, an urban health center, but we also serve a lot of rural areas as well. And so we have um, two hospitals in town, and we have great relationships with both hospitals, and we work collaboratively with a lot of projects with our hospitals. But we have a lot of um, different ethnic groups here in the Sioux City area. There's uh, meat processing plants in town and a lot of um, industry that um, immigrants to the United States can find good-paying jobs at. And so we have a, 
large Hispanic community. We have a large uh, Southeast Asian community, mainly with um, Vietnamese. And then uh, most recently, we've had an influx of um, patients that have come to the United States from Africa. First, we had a, a, a lot come from the West Africa area, some French-speaking, and now we have uh, a large Somali population here. So it's been uh, really neat to to be able to work with some of these different ethnic groups and uh, that speak different languages. And, and so some of the needs are language issues, and so we have full-time Spanish um, interpreters, we have full-time Vietnamese interpreters and Somali interpreters, and we also have a, a, some as-needed interpreters that we use, and then we use language lines for some of the other languages that we need. There's also um, just a, a lot of uh, issues sometimes with these new groups moving to the United States, just um, assimilating into the in, into the community, and, and sometimes that's tough for them. You know, once their kids get in school and they've been here for a few years, it seems like the kids do well. But, but then the the parents a lot of times um, stay pretty isolated in their in their individual communities, and and so sometimes that's hard. And there's a lot of cultural things that we need to be aware of, um, as well as we're we're treating these patients. Great. So, and so part of the reason we um, approached you and and Sue Land about it, but. Uh, helping us to sort of celebrate and, and highlight some of the innovations that health centers are doing in the enabling services world um, is because you guys are participating in NACS PREPARE project. Um, PREPARE stands for Protocol for Responding to and Assessing Patient Assets, um, Risks, and Experiences. Um, and, and so can you tell me a little bit about that project and Sulin's participation in that project and, and kind of why you are an advocate for that, that work? Yeah, anyone that's worked in the community health center setting know, knows that community health centers, that's kind of what we do. We, we look at the whole patient and we, we deal with patients that a lot of times do have social determinants of health that we have to be cognizant of and, and, and uh, recognize and, and help them with. And, and so, um, you know, we've, we've always done work to help overcome social determinants of health for our patients. I mean, you know, behavioral health a lot of times been, has been integrated into health centers, dental, um, in-house pharmacies. Um, there's been a lot, there's a lot of things that we do already. But what I've really liked uh, about the PREPARE project is that it helps us uh, assess everybody for social determinants of health, and it helps us um, organize our efforts to help um, patients overcome these social determinants. And and um, it's we've we've been trying to capture and document our enabling services because right now you know we can say yeah we see really tough patients sometimes because they have social terms of health and 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 they have a lot of barriers that we have to help them overcome but to try to um, document the extent of which our patients are complex has been difficult in the past and uh, so the prepare project helps us do that. And I think it just really helps us organize our efforts to, to overcome social determinants. As we've started this PREPARE project in formalizing our efforts to address uh, social determinants of health, I think we're just in its infancy right now. There's just so much more that we need to be doing with this. And so that's what I'm excited for in the, in the next few years is, is at the Siouxland Community Health Center just really um, strengthening our partnerships with um, community partners and just internally just our workflows to help address these, first assess them and then address them. Um, I, I think we're, it's going to really pay off and I'm excited about the work that's ahead. And so have you found that you've 
learned anything or had any surprises um, with the prepare tool? Is there any sort of insights you guys have gleaned using this tool that's um, been helpful to you and, and some of the, the ways that you uh, try to address those social determinants? So we've done quite a few surveys now. I mean, we've been um, assessing social determinants of health through the prepare tool now. We're into our, um, going into our third year now. And so we've done a lot of social determinants of health, and we have a lot of uh, just raw data right now to help us know what the most common determinants are. And there wasn't really too many surprises. We knew that patients had transportation needs and housing needs and food and clothing insecurities. Um, one, one thing that was, was a bit of a surprise is um, even though someone might be insured, it doesn't mean they can afford their co-pays or they can afford their office visits or they have high deductibles. And so that was um, eye-opening. And then just the other thing that um, was eye-opening for me anyway was just unless you ask, sometimes you don't know if they have it determined. Sometimes patients come in and the social determinants just kind of hit you in the face. You know right away, okay, we need to help them with this or this is going to be an issue. But there were a lot of patients that I surveyed with the prepare tool that I had no idea that some of the struggles they were having and some of the the barriers to to good health that they were ex experiencing and it was it gave me a lot of insight into the patient as a whole uh, you know treating them not just for their medical problems but just as a person and so are there any um in our, any interventions or, or programs or just specific services that you guys have? considered or begun participating in as a result of some of the data you've been collecting and, and some of your insights? One thing that we're concentrating on is just the transportation insecurity. Um, just earlier this week, I had another meeting with our, one of our behavioral health therapists with our uh, local regional transit system to, to make sure we understand all the services that are available for, for um, patients in our community and uh, had a good discussion with them. Uh, we recently started a satellite clinic over into Nebraska. It's just over the river. It's not too far from our main site, but uh, just because of the the state line, sometimes there's not as many services in our new site than there is that are uh, across the river on the other side. And so just being aware of um, community resources, we're really trying to make sure we're keyed in to all the other agencies in town that we partner with and are aware of the services they have to offer. Some of the things we've done in-house, though, we've um, developed a, a way if there's an acute food insecurity need that we have gift cards to local grocery stores that we can give patients. And then, of course, for long-term needs, we refer them to the food pantries in town and, and some of the uh, soup kitchens and things like that. We also have a... Uh, a uh, way to help people with clothing insecurities. Um, we've started a thing called George's Closet, named after one of our founding board members, and we have new clothing, new clothes. It's not even lightly used or used clothing. It's all new clothes that we get at a discount from um, some of the local stores in town. And so if someone comes in, um, you know, say they don't have shoes or they don't have good socks, we can go into this closet and bring out new clothes for them to, to have. So that's that's been a, a, a great thing as well, especially during the winter months. Sometimes we have kids coming in without coats or they don't have socks on or they have, um, you know, no warm shoes. We can, we can help provide that for them right away. 
That's really oh, great. One other thing I should mention, yeah. too, is just our, our partnering with Legal Aid. So one of our board members is an attorney in town, and she works for Iowa Legal Aid. And, and we've, uh, we're currently involved in a project to really uh, maximize that partnership as well. And that's been really good because a lot of times patients have legal needs that are um, maybe it's um, some uh, d- disputed child support or, or an employment issue where um, they're not getting unemployment or something like that. And we can, we can um, steer them towards Iowa, Iowa Legal Aid and they can get free legal aid to, to help them with some of these issues that they're dealing with. Sounds like you guys have um, a, a lot of great services and, and programs and, and partnerships to really try to address some of the the, the barriers to care and, and to health that, that your patients are experiencing. So it's clear that you you are very passionate about this work and and obviously um, you know an advocate for the Prepare Project and um, and the tool itself. Can you tell us a little bit about you know what you're why you're an advocate for health centers generally and and why you're celebrating health centers during this year's National Health Center Week? Yeah, I've uh, I've always wanted to work in a profession and for an organization that that really helps those that really need it and and working at a health center as a medical provider has allowed me to do that and uh, as we celebrate health center week i think it's important that we look back at how health centers started and the work that dr jack geiger was doing in the mississippi delta and in and inner city boston and you know initially they did so much in over helping patients overcome social terms of health. If you look what they did down in Mississippi with the, the um, former sharecroppers who are unemployed now due to automation and, and machinery, uh, he helped, they helped them with employment and with housing and with sanitation, and they just did so much because they knew that if, you know, if someone comes in the office and you try to fix them, if they go back into an environment that makes them sick, it's not going to be very helpful. And so we need to look at it that way, too. And, you know, in American health care um, just has so many problems right now, and I think health centers are the best way that we can help overcome some of these problems that we have. We spend more money in the United States than any industrialized country does, and our outcomes are poorer than many as well. And so I think health centers are really the answer to some of these issues that we're having with the uh, United States healthcare system right now. Um, we have enabling services. We help look at social determinants of health. Um, we partner with other agencies uh, really well. And so I've really just loved the work that I've done at the Community Health Center. And, and sometimes it's um, very um, draining and, and difficult. There's never enough hours in the week to get everything done. But it's just so rewarding. It keeps us keeps us going and just the relationships we build with these patients that probably wouldn't get the help that they need if we didn't have health centers and then just working with others that are mission-minded and uh, working with fellow employees that are in this industry and business for the right reasons um, to help others has just been really uh, rewarding and gratifying for me. (laughs) 